0: What does the horse say? Howdy gang. Welcome back to another episode of Herb of the Week. I'm your host, Kyle Denton, from Canoe Herbs, Root Radical Herbal Academy as well. And with me today, I have a very special guest. Say hi, Davide. Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's Davide Denton, age almost one and a half to the day. He will be shortly. And he is my son, S-U-N-S-O-N. All my glory and light shining forth on this Leo season. He's going to help me explain the herb of the week this week. And that's Angelica. It's part of his story. He's got got a, a nice story with Angelica. And you know what? He's also really good. He's proven himself to be very helpful. So the other week, last weekend, as a matter of fact, I was doing an herb walk and he was there. It's not his first herb walk with the old man, but I was there and I was talking about a cedar tree and I had my hands on it and I was running my fingers through it and pointing to it, talking to people, commanding attention, you know? <laughs> and uh, and it was fun. And so he was watching and playing around and doing his thing. And then when I was done talking about it and we started walking on, he walked up to the tree and started pointing at it and saying a bunch of gibberish, like blah, 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 blah. And just like me, you know, he's trying to be like me. I was really cute. I bring him to the herb shop and he's just so charming with the customers. (laughs) He always kind of does this like feigning of a shyness. Like he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm shy. And people are like, Oh, are you shy? But he's just like, does it for more attention. It's, It's great. And of course, like (laughs) a chip off the old block, he, as soon as he walks into the herb shop, he knows right where to go. It's like his toy bin and he goes over to the uh, pestle and mortar section (laughs) and he grabs a pestle and mortars, puts them down on the floor, just like lays them out and just starts pestilizing and mortarizing, whatever, grinding up some sort of who knows what. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I wanted to say something imaginary, but um, maybe I'm just too dull now and there's actually something real in there. I'm actually reconsidering that. It's probably, it could be, could be something there. Um, yeah. Little kids, you know, they, they could talk to fairies. They could talk to spirits. This is a very spiritual episode too. I'm excited to talk about this plant. I'm really excited because you know why? Because it's going to get weird. <laughs> And I know what you're thinking Oh Kyle all of your episodes are weird you're weird Kyle yes I know and I own it I love it that's what I that's what I am thank thank you <laughs> Thank you for listening thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate your time I really appreciate your attention I know that it is I know that it is the most valuable thing. The most valuable commodity there is in this realm is attention. I know it. So I'm very grateful and honored that you're here. Before I get to talking about Angelica and its virtues are many, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about this series that I started on. It's over on YouTube. It's called World Tree. The first episode is on bay leaf. And for that, we go into ancient Greece and this could easily have been an herb of the week because Bay leaf has a lot of Leo connections. It's very solar herb. It's very, oh gosh, I've been using Bay leaf so much since I've been studying on this one. And you know, the Bay Laurel, it represents like completion. It represents, um, victory. It's sacred to Apollo and the Oracle of Delphi. So there's a lot of divination clarity with, with this plant. And one of the things that I a little known thing that I've learned and have been exploring a lot since the beginning of the year with bay leaf is its ability for neuroprotection, neurogenesis, like nerve memory health, and also just this feeling of brightness and clarity inside. Oh, my goodness, does this herb make you feel? like you're shining, like you're victorious. It's very Leo like, definitely. Right now as I speak, I feel really bright. I feel really shiny. I feel solar. And I've been working with bay leaf a lot. It really does make you feel like, you know, the king. <laughs> the king of of Rome or something like that. Man, is that plant awesome. And of course, it's connected with the Oracle of Delphi and divination, exploring clarity aspects, all these things. So it's not just the leaves that you put in your food and there's a lot more to it. But the whole point of this series that I'm starting on World Tree and check it out. Check out that first episode. It's fun it's there's slides and it's a video and whatnot but uh, and i'm trying to build up my youtube channel i don't know why but <laughs> but i'm trying to at least i enjoy putting stuff out there but what i'm doing with this series is i'm trying to really hone down a cosmological perspective i'm really sharpening my worldview. i think it's very very important to me at least to have a coherent worldview because that's defensible because um you know i th- I believe that this is uh, that we're physical beings in a spiritual realm. And uh, if we don't have a good understanding about what this place is or what the meaning is, and I'm not saying I know, I don't know. I don't know. I like to explore. I like to sharpen my iron. I like to cut through the BS. I like to see what's true and what's not true. And one way I can do that is through um, putting my steel in the fire and hammering, hammering my worldview out and putting myself in uncomfortable positions. I do know that this is a spiritual realm that, you know, I'm not wrestling against flesh, that there's powers and principalities out there that are wishing to put their influence on. Let me put it this way. If you don't know yourself, somebody else is going to know yourself for you, right? We see that playing out in the world. I know we do. I know that we see and we interact with people in our day that, maybe not acting in their best interest or their highest self. I could say the same for me. I do that all the time. I'm always wrestling with that. Not like immune to it, but uh, I try my best to become aware of it. And I think that we could find a lot of help with Angelica. The way that I see it, the way that I see this realm is uh, we have... The hermetic principle, the hermetic axiom, as above, so below. Everything is mind, that's the first one. Um, The the principle of correspondence is the second. I'm into the principles of the hermetic principles. I think everything is vibrating. I think everything is just a degree of vibration. Like, you know, this desk is just a little bit more denser vibration than my mind. And my mind is a little bit more denser vibration than my spirit, and my spirit is a little bit more denser than other people's, maybe. (laughs) But anyway, you get the point and so on and so on. Um, (laughs) Here we are condensed in time, temporal, temporarily on this plane of inertia up there in heaven is the infinite potential. And it's all connected like two wheels are connected by an axle. It goes from one wheel to the other, and that is the central axis. That's the central pillar. That is the world tree. And I see the fractal nature of that occurring all the way down to the individual. Here's a visual. Take an apple off an apple tree. Put it on your table. You got the stem sticking straight up. You take a knife, slice it in half. You got a little toroidal field right there. It's a toroidal field. It's the same exact representation of the tree itself. The tree looks like that toroidal field. If you bring your focus way out, you have the canopy above, the roots below. It looks like the, um, the stylized Celtic tree of life. We have a central pillar that moves through us. It's called the Shashumna in Sanskrit. It's this still soft, dielectrical plane um and within that at the plane of inertia is where our heart beats pump 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 sending out all this electromagnetic activity and it's like we're standing inside of a donut and there is our electrical field that just generates out from us shoots up uh centripetally from our heart expands outwards six feet magic number where we can gather information from all the other magnets interacting with us six feet apart, six feet under all of this black magic word, six, 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 right? That's why they didn't want you to stay within six feet. And then it comes back in and it brings all that information right back up uh, centrifugally and it informs the heart space and it just keeps activating out, sharing our joy, sharing our abundance, bringing it back in. Um, We talked about that in the last episode, but to me, that is the representation of the world tree that we have in ourselves and we look for that in nature and we look to represent that in our communities and so a really good example of that would be the christmas tree bringing in a christmas tree in the winter time it's a one-for-one spiritual connection you got the gifts from above imaginary uh you know spiritual deity or something manifesting physical gifts right Whoop, right there in your living room or whatever um, then all, of course, a lot of people have lost the, they keep the traditions, but they lose the spiritual sight. And that's what I'm interested in regaining. That's what I'm interested in teaching and bringing about again, is the spiritual reasons. Like why do we go why do we do these steps? Why are we doing? Well, like, what is the meaning of all of this? And what is the gravity that pulls us toward, towards these traditions? Another good example would be, the tree in the center of town this is something that is not particular to european villages but it is there it's also in central american it's also in asian villages it's in african villages it's everywhere and the tree is let's just say in europe would be the place where people gather for the market they all gather underneath this tree and they bring in of course the tree is the mercurial aspect too you know center of town but also as a market, you know, everybody's coming from outside of town, bringing their goods, bringing all their stuff. There's this money, uh, transaction, transaction, movement of, of energy around this thing, okay? Market packs up, by afternoon, you have some civic duties and civic affairs in the center of town. Maybe even some cold justice that's performed near this tree, right? So all of this stuff is, in, in Europe, some of the trees are oak, you know, or even in uh, northern Europe would be the ash, which is symbolic of Yggdrasil, the world tree, the stylized world tree itself in the Norse mythology. In the Mayan culture, there's the Kapok tree or the Seba, it's called in there. And, you know, the list goes on and on. And what I'm really interested in exploring is why, you know, what the tree is and uh f- finding that cultural connection to it through the lens of an herbalist and a medicine maker, and just understanding the medicine of these individual trees. The first one was in Greece, but of course, you know, we could talk about all the different kinds of trees around the world, how they have that community, spiritual connection to the world tree. And this is relevant to um, the herb of the week today, which is angelica, because it also has these kinds of connections, especially because it grows in places where there's not a lot of trees that grow and it has that stand in function. So I'll get to that here in a little bit. But first, I kind of want to tell you a little bit about the medicine itself. I, can, I think I have a plan. Here's my plan. You know I'm a flow state guy. This is the thing about me. I'm all about the flow state. I'm really into the flow state teaching. Um, it's, my, it's the way I can be authentic. I'm not opposed to instructions or anything like that or when people are doing their point-by- point presentations. It's not boring to me if they're you know they a lot of people are really good at doing these types of things. I'm not so, and it would show if I did it that way. I when I see an instruction manual, I start at the center and I kind of like work in a spiral. Um, in outwards direction until I reach the beginning and the end simultaneously. And (laughs) that's how I like to do things. And so that's why I can go from like, you know, the 60,000 degree or 60,000 foot uh, view all the way down to like the microcosmic view and just keep going back and forth. And I hope that you are, you can enjoy that kind of experience when (laughs) when you're listening to me, because that's how I operate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah. The flow state. Um, so yeah, because I'm, I'm in that, I kind of do have to tether myself a little bit. So I'm going to say this for the sake of you and me, uh, here's my plan. All right. So I'm going to tell you briefly about the medicinal actions. Okay. Uh, the flavor, all that stuff, and I'm going to support it eventually with the myth cultural applications like angelica, like angels, like what the heck are those things? And, um, all throughout there, I'll be sprinkling in some medicine making tips. I'm going to tell you, um, about Davide's story and, and how it's referencing angelica. And then I've also discovered a virtue of this plant that in my knowledge is completely original remedy. Like n- there's nobody else that has a remedy for Like, I don't even think people recognize it as like a, something that needs a remedy, <laughs> but I do. And I also have found a remedy for this situation. And I think it's Angelica. I think it's part Angelica. Um, I think Angelica is not necessarily the remedy of it, but I think it helps facilitate the remedy. Um, So let me tell you first, before I get into the medicinal actions, I want to tell you about some of Angelica's names. And I think that will be a good launching point too. So, all right. So we have Angelica, the plant I'm talking about, the botanical name of it, the species is interchangeable for all intents and purposes of what I'm talking about here. All the different species of Angelica, and there are many, there's maybe more than 50, there's at least 60, there might be 200. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but they all have different specialties. Like they're all good at basically the same thing, but some of them are, have these specialties. So let me tell you about there's Angelica is the genus. And then there's species like Angelica Archangelica, which is the official Angelica in a lot of the pharmacopoeias. That's the European version. That's the, the big tall one. There's um, the one that grows by me in like, the eastern part of the United States uh, is Angelica Purpurea, which means purple stem. There's, uh, there's the Chinese version, Angelica sinensis, which is also known as Dong Quai. And there's just, the list goes on and on. But I want to tell you about some of these common names because these are the ones that I think are more fun because <laughs> the other stuff is like, oh, Latin this, Latin that, boring. Not really. I'm just joking because I'm, I get a lot out of the Latin and it's not always Latin either. But anyway. All right. So Angelica, right? The angels. Angelica, the word Angelica is a Greek word and it means messenger. That's what the word means. That's what the word angel means. It means messenger. So here we are, first step of connecting this central pillar idea of connecting heaven down to earth and the world tree, all right? There's another botanical, or another common name is Archangelica. And that's the, of course, that's the specific species, but it's also a common name. There's this one. This is really cool. Herb, or herb, one of my freaking Canadian herb of the Holy ghost, herb of the Holy ghost. That one's awesome. Herb of the Holy ghost. Um, Amara aromatica. That one is awesome. Okay. Amara is mean is the Italian word for bitter and aromatica. You can figure that out. It's aromatic, aromatic, bitter, very self-descriptive. There's bellyache root. I like that one a lot to me. That sounds like somebody would say on like a a porch and they have like a straw sticking out of their mouth. They're like, where's that belly root? There's ground ash. And I like this one a lot too, because of course the ash is symbolic of the world tree in uh, Norse cultures. And so if the further and further and further you get north, the less and less you're likely to see a tree at all but you'll still find Angelica. And so you have like this little mini altar basically is little mini Yggdrasil. So when I heard that one, I was like, Oh, that's cool. That made sense to me. And here's one of my favorites, probably master wart, <laughs> master wart. Okay. The, um, the, uh, botanist and herbalist named John Parkinson, who wrote an herbal and I believe it was released in 1640, something like that. Yeah. And so he, he was in the court of King Charles and at least two Kings. And he was really good friends with the queen and he was 72 years old when he published this herbal that he called, um, gosh, what is the name of it? Uh, Theatrum Botanicum. Yeah. The theater, the botany theater. And then he had another one that was more of like a garden, gardening guide called, it's really famous called Paradisi in Sol or Paradisi in Sole. Um, but he was a, he's a, a famous, you know, herbalist back in time, but for some reason, like Gerard and Culpepper and stuff like that, those are more common names than uh, John Parkinson. But John Parkinson, who was like you know, 72 years old when he published this stuff, so he was, you know, he's not like some spring chicken. He's writing about plants his whole life. He's in. He's doing herb walks with the queen. You know, I can just imagine him going around like arm in arm with the, like, your majesty, like behold, like this is Angelica. Um, and then, you know, the virtues are thus. He, <laughs> uh, he called Angelica the, he has so much good stuff to say about Angelica. But one of the things that he said about Angelica was that it would be the cure for any disease That he's ever seen something like that i'm paraphrasing but he said that you know he's the one that was calling it master wart and said that it was it would i think he used the word cure i think he did i don't use that word but i'm pretty sure that john parkinson's claim was that that this angelica was the cure for all diseases and you know what when i'm working with this plant and when i'm really in tune with it i believe him. i do because this plant is freaking profound. It's so profound. Okay, so to put myself in the mood here, I'm going to take a little, I have an Angelica tincture in my hand right now. I'm gonna tell you something though. When I'm doing an herb walk and I'm doing a flow state thing, I can handle uh, the, the whole thing. Like it's, it's very natural for me to be in front of a plant holding a plant, I get a lot of information from just being there. I know I have the things on my mind that I want to say, but when I'm just like running my fingers through the plants and holding on to it and telling other people about it and just being present, knowing the songs of the birds when it's in bloom, knowing the songs of the birds when it's in seed, knowing the angle of the sun at the time of the, the, the places that it likes to be. Um, in any situation, with any plants, I can I get way more information. I get way more. It's like, I, I definitely feel <laughs> that is, uh, I don't know. Is that, a sh- is that like the shaman thing or something? I don't know. I'm not like calling myself one of those, but I do feel when I'm here in the basement <laughs> doing my, my recordings a little bit different if I don't do this little ritual that I do. And here's the ritual. I, when I'm recording this, I imagine myself I like have a surrogate ground and I just put myself in this position where I'm actually talking about the plant. There's another thing too. When I'm talking about a plant, I can take all of the attention that everyone gives me uh, at an herb walk. And again, I know that attention is the most valuable thing in the world. And it's like a lot of power, you know, and I can just hold on to a plant and zoop, ground it out. I learned this because I'm a musician. I've played in a lot of bands. I've played all around the world. And when I have a guitar on and I'm plugged in, I can take that whatever is coming, all that attention that's coming towards me and I can transmute it back, you know, amplify it, if you will. And, um. It's a lot more difficult without, a, <laughs> without something in front of you, you know, or something to hold on to or, or ground onto. at least for me. Um, I feel that, that, inf- that, that uh, energy and it's uh, profound. And so when I'm standing next to a plant, I can really ground that out. So that's what I like to do on these presentations. I really feel like I can ground out all of this experience by just imagining myself there. So I think this will be a good way to learn the plant. With with me, I'll 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 describe what I'm experiencing. All right, in my in my uh, journey. So here I go, and uh, I'm off to this place where I know the angelica grows. It's early spring, and early spring for me. It's probably late spring for other people, but around the beginning of May, and um, the grass is so green and so dewy, and the stream is sparkling. And there's still a hint of coldness in the water. There's fog kind of lifting off of the ground in the beginning of the day. The birds are thriving. The birds are really singing their spring songs. They're still migrating. They're still on their path. There's even people out, I'm nodding to people because I'm leading my herb walk and there's some people out with their like binoculars. And there's always this like, oh, what are you looking at? And I'm like, oh, what are you looking at? And (laughs) And I get to the Angelica, and there it is. It's as tall as me already. How did it get so tall? Where did it come from? It's going to get taller. It's going to get six, seven, eight feet tall, maybe nine. But, but I'm realizing, yeah, we haven't had many days over 70 degrees all year. But yeah, here it is. It's just doing its thing. It's bringing forth all of this <laughs> this power. It's amazing. How did it get so big? Not only that, the plant is blooming. The flower is beautiful. It is, there's the central stem that comes up from the flower and then it's in the carrot family. So it's like all the other umbellaceae characteristics, except unlike it looking like an umbrella, like a lot of the carrot family plants do. It's all sphere. It's all encompassing sphere so it looks like a firework it looks like a oh man it looks like you're standing in the middle of a dome and there's all these there's all these stars just glimmering in the firmament it's beautiful each one of these stars each one of these little tiny flowers is white and it's a magnificent white it's like tiny. You have to look at the flower so carefully, but when you see it, it's like glimmers, like a little fairy on each one. And I'm catching a glimpse out of the corner of my eye of the leaf. There's the leaf of the ones that I have near me, the Archopropria. At the very tip of all of the leaf, leaflet tips is a tiny speck of white. And it's just like these little jagged edges, and each one of them has this tiny little speck of white that you really can't see. If you look right at it, it's like a corner of the eye, catches the light kind of glimmer. It is very angelic, this plant. It stands above uh, all the other plants (laughs) in this beautiful time of year. Okay, so now I'm going to go to another Angelica patch in my mind. And here I am, and it's also by the water. It's by some still water. There's a river over there. And I'm really happy to see it here because it's a little bit later in the year. I can see the sun is higher in my mind's eye. It's almost directly overhead. And it's the sun is just like roaring like Leo. It's just fiery, fiery, high in the sky. And the plant is in seed now. And the seeds are like um, you know, other plants of the carrot family (laughs) like fennel seeds, like dill seeds, like um um yeah, like all of those. Except they have this little um textures. They look like little raisins. They look like shrivelly little raisins. And the the stalk is hard now. It's not so flexible anymore. It never was really that flexible, but it's not green anymore. There's no no longer any green in it. It's all purple. It's starting to turn brown. And the little glimmer on the leaves is fading and it's becoming, the leaves are fading and becoming brown. And I'm realizing now, as I'm standing next to this plant in my somewhere. <laughs> I was gonna say in my mind but I don't want to discount the possibility that I'm actually standing next to this plant somewhere. Um, that uh, it is a springtime plant. And so I think that's a really good way of that's another signature of this plant too. So let me let me do this other trick that I do and I do this for my for my classes that I have too in person where we sit down and I make a cup of tea. And I offer it to everybody and um, I don't tell them what it is. (laughs) I call it mystery tea. And it's a really fun exercise because I know what it is and I know what the plant does. And I have this like big old checklist of all the things I want to talk about about this plant. And then I just have, I pour it and I offer it around and I said, nobody taste it yet. Just hold the cup, just hold it and then start speaking up and start talking about where, what's lighting up for you? Okay, and then they could smell it. And then they could taste it. And so I know. I'm holding this tincture of Angelica right now. And I'm getting these impressions. And I know it's going to sound weird if I just tell you how this is affecting me just by thinking about this plant and holding it in proximity. But you know what? I, it happens all the time. It happens every class that the whole group with just by <laughs> just by ta- uh, holding and smelling and then eventually tasting, we'll be able to understand all of the properties of the plant and including its spiritual properties. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm going to do that right now. And I'm just going to describe to you what I'm experiencing. And I would like, this is the other thing about the herb of the week is that I think that if you, I mean, I'm trying to encourage you to work with Angelica here. So I think that if you took a little bit of Angelica, see if you can corroborate my findings here. Okay. So I'm smelling it first. This thing that the first thing that I get is sweetness. It's really sweet. And I'll tell you the first little medicine making tip too. This is a tincture of Angelica root. And the ratio is one part root to four parts alcohol. At a ratio of 40 percent so in other words like you could say like an ounce of angelica root to four ounces of brandy that's the minstrum that i use that's the alcohol that i use the solvent i like brandy um more than any other so brandy is my favorite okay so i'm smelling it and i smell the the plant and i don't smell the brandy so much it's like but it's really sweet and and like aromatic, very aromatic. Like the second smell I get, it's like, it. um, I'm getting a soapy clean smell. And I know this, I know all this stuff. Um, but the plant has steroidal saponins and steroidal saponins are things that help clean out our, our, (laughs) our tissues and in particular, like our digestive tissues. So steroidal saponins and they smell soapy. And if I shook this bottle up, like shaking it, it gets a little sudsy a lot sudsy. So there's the steroidal saponins in there as well. It has a it cleans out your um, endocrine system you can also say. Um the smell of soap, smell of clean. Not like when I was a kid we used to get like Irish uh what is it called? Irish Spring. And it was like oh, it's the smell of that. It's like oh, it's a uh, Ireland in the springtime maybe with um, you know, times one hundred essence of petrochemicals. You know, amplified by capital S science, and uh, you know that's not good. That's not the smell at all. This smells like soap, but not like that kind of soap. It smells like good, clean. I don't know, Castile soapiness. Like, like the smell of. It also has that amplified cleanliness smell, but it's not that unnatural. <laughs> petrochemical smell. You know what I'm saying? It's just this nature, nature soap smell. Okay. Then the first impression that I got when I smelled it is that my, um, my third eye <laughs> lit up. Like I definitely felt like an awareness outside. Like it was really easy for me to go back into to these places where I was imagining Angelica. Because I took a little whiff before I started to saying that. So it was really easy for me to get there. That's my first impression was like my third eye, whoop, just like lit up. Um, the second thing that I noticed when just by smelling it is that my ears felt different. I would say like the pressure equalized, I don't know how to put it if they felt i didn't realize that i had pressure in my ears until i smelled it and then i felt like it decongested my ears and i have a i have something that i could explain how that works i know that this plant has uh, is it helps to it's a hari to vata and kapha as you would say in sanskrit or in ayurvedic tradition which means that it it helps to relax the vitiation of the wind element and the earth element in the body. It helps to deplete those from the body. So if you have too much excess of wind and space and wind and space lives in your ears and it, it, and it lives in your nose and it lives in your mind and it lives in your colon. So this is a really good plant for that. And it also helps to vitiate the kapha, which is the earthy water. And so the vata and the kapha, the vata is the, um, is like the yogi (laughs) and the kapha is like the bear, the bear archetype. It's like the bear, uh, you know, bigger person. So this is a really good medicine for both of those types of people, somebody who's emaciated and somebody who's also like really big and I'll get to that too. All right. So smelling that. And now also like one more smell here. Um, wow that third smell like i really got in there for that one <laughs> i really felt it was just like boom like pop like my chest felt so warm i the picture that came to my mind was superman um or like clark kent you know superman's alter ego like ripping his shirt off <laughs> like and having his uh, superman uniform on underneath it and just like busting out so here we are in Leo time. You know, Leo rules the heart. It rules like being seen. Um, and it rules like your your kingly authority of yourself, your creation, and uh, <laughs> that's definitely the sense that I got just by that last smell. It's just like around the heart, around the Leo sense, and then it's like busting out like oh, I can't take this office job anymore. Ah! <laughs> And uh, that sensation is like migrating downwards from my heart. So I get this sense of starting in the third eye, there's the ears, then it goes to like the chest area, expansiveness, like this expansive quality, and then like this downward movement. Okay. It's the root of angelica. And that's the thing that's primarily used in commercial angelica use anyway and um roots especially of carrot plants and i learned you know i know this from steiner and stuff too but like the the carrot family plants and a, and, a, and taproot plants and and uh, not that angelica is a taproot but roots have a rooting energy let me just put it that way it brings our energy down 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 so let me take a little taste of rooney here just one drop see what a drop will do um, immediately back to the ears, uh, sinuses, and just clarity. Like I, I really feel like I can concentrate and focus a little bit better. Maybe the rest of this will be less rambling. <laughs> Maybe I should have taken some before. <clears throat> and stillness. I'm feeling like a lot of stillness, even though it's like. I'm feeling stillness and there's motion and movement like tumbling inwards into a stillness as if like something is falling down a tube. Okay. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, The flavor of Angelica is very bitter, but the smell of Angelica is really aromatic, but it's also aromatic. I'm getting the aromatic flavor as well but I did not smell the bitterness before. I smelled sweet and aromatic, and now I taste it and it's bitter. And so there's our first big clue on what's going on with this plant. You know, plants that are aromatic and bitter, or as the other name of this plant suggests, um, Amara aromatica? Plants that are bitter and aromatic are some of the best healer plants that we got. They are the best. Here's why. Aromatic plants make things expand outwards. They take away tension and they improve our vitality by moving things outwards. In a mental sense, you have more concentration, more consciousness. You bring your energy from your core of your body outwards so you could see things and colors that you couldn't see. You could perceive sounds that you couldn't hear. And um, it just diffuses your energy outwards. From your core while bitter plants do the opposite <laughs> they bring your energy that's too expanded inwards so that you can focus on your parasympathetic your rest and digest phase it brings your energy back inwards so how the heck <laughs> what the heck is a aromatic bitter plant gonna do well it just has all of these directions that it wants to go here's some other aromatic bitters Yarrow, mugwort, here's an interesting thing that just occurred to me. I was thinking that yarrow, which is a plant that's aromatic and bitter, has a lot of healing on the circulation of the body, in particular the blood and the circulation of the movement. And I was going to, I have this spreadsheet of all the herbs of the week that I'm going to do, where they're going to go. And I play around with it, you know, I'm always moving it around and stuff, but I have a pretty set idea of where yarrow is going to be. It's going to be in February for Aquarius, because I do think that yarrow is a very Aquarian herb. And, oh, wouldn't you know it? Huh, that's interesting. Okay. Even cool synchronicity. This is also occurring to me. All right. My birthday in February in Aquarius, I was going to do yarrow during my birthday week because it's like my favorite plant. And I was just going to celebrate it. And guess what? We are 180 degrees across the Zodiac from that right now. This is my, (laughs) this is my solar opposition. No wonder I'm feeling so sunny. It's like bright, uh, Just to picture that, like if you have a Zodiac wheel, if you're standing on one side of the Zodiac wheel and you throw a pass all the way across, like straight across, like where that will land right now will be my birthday or... I know, birthday, uh, you're not supposed to use that word, it's a legal word, it's under the dominion of Saturn, it's a death cult word, blah, 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 it's all about legalistic. Okay, the day that I emerged, my breath day, the first time that I saw the sun, the first time I took a breath, how about that? Um, that, <laughs> that's my, oh, it's like my, it's my half breath day, Half. it's my half, <laughs> it's my other half of the year day. How cool. All right, so this is perfect because I was thinking that Angelica and Yarrow are great companions. This is just occurring to me now because uh, Yarrow is bitter aromatic, just like Angelica, but Angelica has this way of bringing things down and out, like moving, moving the blood, stagnant blood, downwards. Whereas Yarrow has a way of moving stagnant blood outwards. So I like this plant a lot for, okay, let's get into that Um, movement of blood. Now, the, whenever, whenever you're injured, whenever something is injured, um, blood will accumulate around that area as a, I don't know, a defense mechanism, our body's way of responding to it. In the case of a heart attack, that's a lot of the reasons why that people die from heart attacks is because the blood is moving as a, you know, defense mechanism around the heart. And it's like drowning the heart in the blood. So this is why going back to the episode number one of this with cayenne, we were talking about how cayenne is really, really helpful for saving people in heart attack situations because it diffuses the blood so well. All right. So now just imagine that kind of scenario in a less acute, less you know, emergency room situation, maybe um, in a different organ, you know, like the lungs, you know, over years and years of lung abuse or whatever, mixing up herbal teas, <laughs> um, or your liver or your colon or something like that, stomach. And there's just like stagnant blood in this area, maybe after after birth, maybe before birth, all these things, Right. There's some sort of inflammation and, there's, and the body ha, can have a tendency to stagnate that blood. And what these herbs help do is open up that flow of energy so that that blood can move out. And so that blood can just keep being replenished with our pro-inflammatories and our anti-inflammatories and all the good things, the nutrition that this organ needs, instead of just like being pooled and, and drowning with stagnant blood. And so herbs that are bitter and aromatic are... Awesome at that because they move things and they bring bring things inwards. Okay, so Angelica is a is one of the uh, class act blood movers, and um, so I'm feeling that. And then also, as a digestive tonic, like the bitterness is obviously going to be uh, stimulating the bile. It's obvious to me. I don't know if it's obvious to you, but. Whenever you taste something bitter, it's going to stimulate bile secretions, which is going to improve the way that you break down your fats and the, absorb your nutrition and detoxify the liver and um, you know make the bowels more regular and so on and so on, lubricate the intestines. And so just bitter herbs in general are going to have a detoxifying effect. And also the aromatic quality as a digestive herb is going to uh, soothe any type of congestion that you that we might have in our digestive tract in particular like gas bloating um i'm definitely getting the you know i I like to use the idea of um, aromatics have a way of stimulating and relaxing at the same time in the same way that if you turn a garden hose on and it's all kinked up um that the water's not going to flow out so yeah Uh, an aromatic will undo all of the kinks and turn the garden hose on at the same time. So you have both the movement of the energy and the, um, relaxing of any of that inhibiting tension as well. So Angelica is doing that. It's moving the blood, it's moving gas, it's moving. Um, and as a digestive aid, the way that it works on the liver this is what we call an herbalism alterative. And it's really hard and difficult to explain what an alternative is without using the word alter. But I just like to say that it um, improves the absorption, the elimination and the uh, assimilation of our metabolic stuff. So whenever we're talking about um, bad blood, what we're really talking about is it's not its morality. It's not evil. It's just that Um, It has some excess metabolites in it that we need to get rid of. And that would be called for, we would be calling for an alternative in that case. Some great alternatives are dandelion root and red clover and nettles are probably some of the best, but Angelica fits really, really well here. And I think it fits well in so many ways because it has so many great functions. It's going to help with decongesting the, the, the lungs, decongesting the heart, strengthening the heart strengthening the circulation, strengthening the digestion, strengthening the the liver, and moving out excess blood downwards, definitely. Um, in Ayurveda, there's a, a notion of apana vayu, which means the downward wind. We have our, we have our five winds. They all go in different directions, and the, there's the one that goes downwards. And I see Angelica having a very nice... Uh, rooting downward wind action. So something that we would use to stimulate a menstrual cycle. And that is the specialty of Dong Quai. In the Chinese material, the Angelica sinensis, one of the best herbs that there is probably used worldwide, even if people don't know a lot about Chinese herbalism, a lot of people know about Dong Quai as an herb that will stimulate a menstrual cycle or relieve cramping associated with that. Cramping is tension, and here we have an aromatic herb that is moving uh, and dispelling tension at the same time. And so Don Quai is really famous for that, but I think that all of the Angelicas will find a niche for that. And, and I feel like my Angelica that I... I'm standing next to <laughs> the artro purpurea with its purple stems that is a great signature for that the, the purple stems is a great signature for the blood stagnation that is occurring in the body as well let's leave this stream now and head on over to finland in a little viking boat how about that <laughs> fin means end finale um fine things and so it's the end land It's the the last place on earth it's real close to the North Pole and we're gonna go to northern Finland where the Lapland is to mingle with the Sami people who have a high reverence for Angelica the plant itself if we were to take the stalk that I was hold that I'm holding in my mind's eye cut it down and it's a hollow stem it's a hollow woody stem and the Woody, like a hollow stem in general is a signature for teleportation. It's a signature for moving from one realm to another, just like the North Pole, just like how I went from one place in Wisconsin to Finland in my mind instantly in things like inspiration, where you could channel inspiration immediately. And so this is why it's regarded... For its musical abilities, you can make it into a flute. Here, let me show you. This is an Angelica stock. You try. That was more of like a trumpet, but you could actually make it into a flute. Play it. So that's really cool. You can do that in the springtime. It's a lot easier to do that when it's a fresh flute. But the Laplanders call this plant bear root and that bear's resemblance eh, to a lot of the other carrot family plants such as osha which we have over here in the west and the reason why is because they watch the bears who have that big bear kaffa body going into the cave at hibernation time, right? There's the portal, there's the portal signature as well. Underworld, dreamland, dream realm. That's what all the bears represent. Um, so they got their big old bear body that's all full of fat and everything like that. And they're ready to sleep all winter long. And then the first thing that they look for when they wake up in the spring time is some spring medicine is some roots from the ground that will stimulate their appetite and nourish their, uh, their body again and uh, give them the ability to digest and alter things again. So there's both, um, the Vata body type, the emaciated bear the bear that doesn't have an appetite and is kind of sluggish and is just (laughs) come back from the dream world, that has just come back from the spirit realm, just like the airy Vata types, like myself. And then there's the Kapha type, which is also going to pacify that Kapha digestion because it's really helpful for breaking down fats. So I really like that. Thank you to the Sami people for their beautiful reverence of this polar symbol, this polar axis symbol, a little mini polar axis. So traveling down the continent a little bit from there, we're going into what we now call Germany, whatever this was called back then. There was a lot of tribe lands and stuff like that. But back in like the 1360s, there was purportedly a plague called the Black Death, also called the Bubonic Plague. And um, that was sweeping through, allegedly, um, so sweeping through Europe and allegedly killed, you know, a quarter of the population or something like that, or even a third, lot, and allegedly. And uh, so <laughs> um, I'm going to get, I'll, I'll touch on that. I'll put a little asterisk on that here. Um, but anyway, sometime during that period, a man probably or maybe a woman I don't know a living person a son of man <laughs> uh, went out to the field and saw an archangel descend Ooh, bright light the angel of the Sun the angle of the Sun was just right that it was like ah it's my eyes I can't see what is that a man is that an angel is it a silhouette of some kind it's at least eight feet tall like, gosh my goodness it's it's bright. It's beautiful. What is it? And it said, and maybe sometimes it's, it's reported. This was a dream. This is more likely. And in the dream, it was like, use me, my child for, I will protect you against this, um, alleged plague. (laughs) Sorry to laugh, but, uh, so anyway, there's, there's this thing that's going on in herbalism. That's just drives me nuts. And it happens in every field, I'm sure, but it's it's called copy and paste syndrome. And if you go to one website that's, you know, you're trying to find some stuff about this, you'll read the same exact account over and over and over and over again. I'm like, hello, I need I want some original sources. I want to know, I mean, maybe this is folklore and maybe this is just like supposed to be orally transmitted, but it bothers me it bothers me that it's copy and pasted. And, and a lot of this stuff happens with like medical or sorry, medicinal qualities of plants. People just copy and paste without having any experience or being like, you know, the, you know, for me, I'd be like the plant it's, it's been said that the plant does this, but I don't, I don't think so. (laughs) That would be my account if I was writing an herbal and I will someday I'll be like, but I don't think so. Some people say it does this a lot of Websites say it does this. I'm pretty sure they're all AI and they're just copying and pasting. I don't think it does this. I think it does this other thing. That's what I like to say. That's what I like to teach because I learn by experience and I learn by what I, what I feel. And so the books are one thing, but I, I really don't like relying on, on them because a lot of times it's just copy and pasted. So that same myth is copy and pasted. I like it. I like it a lot because, um, I really into the spiritual qualities of this plant, but the thing is is that um, some people's eyes will gloss over if they're not into the Christian paradigm of angels and what that represents. And it's a, it means messenger. So it's a messenger from something, some sort of spiritual messenger. And it doesn't and I think it's put in the context of Christianity because that's the context that it was received, perhaps in these times. But um, I think that these people were much closer connected to nature than we are now, and you know these could have well been. You know this is this is really easy for me to understand how somebody can just get a message from nature, and then they they talk about it and they you know they translate it, and then you know it makes its way up to the bishop or something like that, and the bishop's like, hmm, okay, well if you don't want to get quartered. And hung for witchcraft, then we're just gonna to have to say that that was an angel, right? And the person's like, Yeah, that's uh, that was an angel, it was just an angel, boss. <laughs> and uh, good, good call, thanks for that correction. And the bishop's like, All right, so shall it be forever and ever? It will be copy and pasted throughout all of the herbals. Here's what I think when I'm hearing that I think that. An archangel is describing a dominion, a spiritual dominion. I think there's a spiritual dominion between the earth and the moon. There's another spiritual dominion between the earth and the sun. And then there's another spiritual dominion between the sun and Venus, the sun and Mercury, the sun and Mars, the sun and Jupiter, the sun and. All these are different hierarchies. Archangel is the spiritual hierarchy between the sun and the earth. This is, I think the solar system, like what we're presented as the solar system is a, uh, a, a perversion of the spiritual hierarchies. I don't actually think that we're spinning 666,000 miles an hour in the middle of a vacuum, like around the sun. I think there's a lot, it's a lot cooler than that. <laughs> I think it's a lot cooler than that. I don't feel like I am spinning 666,000 miles an hour. Um, I think it's way, way, way more intense than that. <laughs> we can't even fathom. But that's why I think that this plant is such a great relationship for the sun because it is representing that spiritual hierarchy of the sun and what the sun is. What does it bring? It brings light, it brings warmth, just like uh, Angelica does. It brings that like clarity, um, decongestion, the warmth in the body. It's a warming bitter dispelling of, of moisture. That's what Angelica does too. Alright, let's get back down on the ground here. Let's go down, let's go over to India and talk about the Ayurvedic uses of this plant. The virtues. I'm sorry. I'm always trying to get away from saying the uses. Um, the plants have virtues. They're, it's not uses. Um, you know, because we build relationships with these plants. It's not about, what are you good for? What can I use you for? No, sorry about that. I'm always trying to correct myself. The virtues of these plants. Let's get back to talking about the virtues of the plants. In Ayurveda, the virtues, or in Ayurveda, the word for angelica is Cheroka. Sounds like Cherokee. Cheroka. And uh, Cheroka strengthens, like, they, uh, I should say, the Chinese love this plant for um like menstrual, reproductive tissues in, in like Western traditions, we like it for its um, emphasis on the lungs and the digestion. And in the Ayurvedic tradition, they like it for strengthening the heart muscle, taming the Vata and Kapha, and in particular, increasing alertness and dispelling psychosis. Yes, now we are talking. I love it. So we have all of these really interesting spiritual aspects, physical aspects, emotional aspects. Taming the wind that's in our body that uh, that makes our mind go way out to the cosmos and not come back, and um, also taming the the big uh, the big bear that's within us that doesn't want to get up and do our work, right? It just wants to go to sleep all winter long. <laughs> um, and it uh, increases our, our, the abundance of our, strengthens our heart muscle, but also strengthens our emotional heart and the our, our ability to hold space for others. And I really like this other stuff about dispelling uh, psychosis, increasing alertness. And um, back to the Western tradition, This is why this plant has so many, you'll find this plant in a lot of like remedies against black magic and spell breaking, because I really think that a lot of spells have to do with spells of the mind. And this is all going back to this worldview stuff, whatever, but I really think it starts there because if you start to accept nonsense in one form and agree to some sort of nonsense, then it continues to precipitate into uh, something that isn't true and will eventually start to make discomfort and disease. Whether that's a spiritual disease, precipitating into an emotional disease, or if it goes on long enough into a physical disease, you know, these ancient views would regard everything that is manifested in the body as something coming from the spirit first. It comes from the unseen and it begets to the, to the scene. And some of these traditions like Ayurveda are like, you know, they're karmically tied too. So it's not even like, you know, the, the stuff that we accepted here, like the nonsense that we accepted here, it was like the nonsense we accepted in a former life or whatever. And I'm not sure if I'm on board with all of that, but I do see, um, I do see a lot of cases where I could see how somebody's, um, physical illness is tied to something that isn't true, something that they accepted. It isn't true, a psychosis of something. And just by overcoming that, just by making the realization of that, it can instantly shift. It can instantly change and instantly heal. It's amazing. So I love Angelica as a great spell breaker plant, um, spell breaker for all the different black magic spells that people are under that there's just a lot of them being cast right now. So we can work with angelica for that too. Let me suggest how, um, I would suggest holding some angelica root in your hand, putting it, you know, making a, um, an essential oil of it or, um, a hydrosol of it, carrying that with you. That's how they would do it in, in, um, India Would they would, they would use it to like, they would powder it and they would use it to like Clean themselves with. Um, it was also good for, in a lot of the Indian texts I've seen referencing, for like uh, drawing out poison. So there's this idea again of like the poison being physical poison, emotional poison, spiritual poison, whatever. Whatever's poisoning the well, whatever's poisoning your own personal well. I can see Angelica helping in all these situations. Do I think that people can get sick and from flea bites? Sure. Do I think that people can get sick from not having hygienic uh, lifestyle? Yeah. Do I think that people can get sick from living too close to animals? Yeah. Do I think that people can get sick from living too close to rats? Yes. Do I think that people can get sick from having a lifestyle that's based in their spirit that's close to the earth and, you know, being uprooted by this other... F- dominant forms of spirituality that come and supplant it? Yes. Do I think that people can die from Asiatic hordes that sweep across the continent? Of course. Do I think that nobody died? No, I think that people died. I think everyone died. Everyone's dead now from there, Okay. except for maybe a few. Who knows? But um, I could see Angelica helping in all of that from all of the things that I mentioned from the spiritual aspects of, of dispelling the fear, strengthening the heart, strengthening your courage to the emotional and uh, physical aspects of improving your vital terrain so that you can, um, I don't know, survive in uh, more difficult situations, especially back then. So that brings me back to the, to the plague thing that I, ever, I never got back to. Um, I'm just, you know, I just don't, I'm a vitalist. I don't accept germ theory. It doesn't make sense to me. Let me put it that way. I'm not gonna mock it. It just doesn't make sense. It's fall, There's a lot of citations needed and uh, we, I guess we have yet to see a germ travel from one person to another and make them sick. Do I think that people got sick and died? Yes. Do I think that people are capable of getting sick from flea bites? Yeah. Do I think that people are capable of getting sick from not living in hygienic circumstances? Of course. Do I think that people get sick from living too close to animals? Yeah. Do I think that people get sick from Asiatic hordes that sweep across and um, kill everyone? Of course. <laughs> Do I think that people get sick from um, living close to their land with uh, and having their spirituality rooted with their land and their surroundings and having that supplanted by a forceful dominant new religion. Of course I do. Um, I think when we see the word plague in history, what we're seeing is not about uh, an infectious illness, but I think that it's a code word for something else, something like um, war and something about like a dominant, uh, a dominant paradigm that we're getting this information from the the winners of that dominant paradigm okay that's when i when i see the word plague i see a red flag in history that's me okay i'm an aquarius i'm gonna i'm gonna have a query about everything so i just don't accept it um the way that it's told that is so do i see angelica being helpful in all of the situations, yes, of course I do. I think that Angelica can improve the terrain of the bio of your body. I think that it can improve how somebody can, um, you know, live in a stressful environment. How it can how it can help with, inf- um, you know, inflammation in the body. How it can help with moving out bad food that you eat um, because it's winter and it's hard, and you have to eat you know moldy, gross maggoty food in order to survive i think that angelica can help with returning our courage to our heart i think that angelica can help with um making our iron super sharp so that we can cut through the psychosis and cut through the bs that we're fed about being afraid of our neighbors um, and things like that being afraid of people coming within six feet of us all that stuff I think Angelica is amazing at strengthening that. This is why when in the beginning of March, 2020, I was recommending Angelica. That was my, that was my thing. I was like, Angelica and oranges. (laughs) That's what I was telling you. Like make it, make tea out of oranges and ginger and Angelica. And it just tasted so good. And I was just really good at doing all that. Just dispelling that fear, making you feel good in your body, bringing that sunshine back and it was familiar, like this flavor of oranges and ginger, just something about familiarity uh, uh, breaks the spell of what, what could it be? What could it be? Angelica is a little weird, but, um, but I really think that Angelica does have that strengthening of courage effect and cutting through the BS. So let me tell you about, I got two more things to tell you. One is my son's story with Angelica, and I'll save that for last. And the, the last one I got from a dream from Angelica, un, not unlike this, you know, Germanic, f, you know, figure in history who got it from a dream about Angelica for the so-called plague. Um, the, the thing that Angelica, that I learned from Angelica when I, I've just been like working with it so much this week, and it occurred to me last night in a dream that this is the remedy. It's an original remedy. I don't know anybody else that has this remedy. This is a remedy for aliens. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> No, there's not aliens. No, it's funny. There's a there's a me I saw a meme that was like, um, everyone, there's aliens, and it's like conspiracy theorist. No, there's not. <laughs> That's me. We live in a spiritual realm, we don't, we're not on some speck of dust in a vacuum, insignificant place, 666,000 miles an hour. You know, waiting for some, you know, higher form of life to come and tell us how stupid we are, and how unsovereign we are. There is uh, spiritual influences that will probably mimic themselves. There's going to be all kinds of crazy technology. It already exists, but it ain't freaking aliens, okay. <laughs> They're probably fallen angels. There's probably something like that. Use the light of the the power of the hierarchy of the sun to cut away that. You know who's a total crusher? Like, if you invoke Archangel Michael, he's got a sword. This is this is supposedly uh, Archangel Michael, who appeared uh, as Angelica, by the way. Archangel Michael comes. He cuts things up. Um... So I didn't, I didn't talk about this either, but here's another, here's another really far out one too. Okay. You can bust up chemtrails with vinegar. Okay. I know. I'm, I told you, I'm, I, I have some weird pearls and, uh, you're not supposed to cast pearls before swine. I'm not saying you're swine. I'm just saying there are some, there are them out there We're we're casting pearls among of wisdom among the wise here. When you see those things up in the sky, uh, modifying our environment, um, I think it's not just a physical aspect. I think that it's a reflection of our spiritual nature. And I think one way to uh, eliminate them is to know yourself, truly know yourself. And another way is to call upon some spiritual entities like Archangel Michael, like Jesus, who are total crushers. They are the biggest spell breakers. You boil a little bit of vinegar, and it just works so well. It, it really works so well. Um, because I talk about this, I have a bunch of people who come to me now and tell me, and I get text messages all the time and emails all the time. Hey, like, oh my God, I tried it. I can't believe it worked. And our skies are awesome now. Um, not today. I didn't, I didn't boil it today and they were really out today, but when I boil a little bit of vinegar, I put a drop of angelica tincture in there just to mix in the influence of this angelic principle to call on the sun, to call on that, that, um, spiritual authority that goes between the light of the world and me and my central pillar and my relationship with the sky above. I don't think that it's all objective. I do think that there's some subjective elements to interacting with nature. I think that nature wants to be interacted with. And I think that human attention is the most valuable thing there is. So I think that by giving it a little bit of attention, you really can interact with it and change it. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, I know. I know. But you know what else is crazy? I think aliens are crazy. I think people putting stupid clouds in front of the sun are crazy. So whatever. I think Angelica can help fix that. All right. That's a, that's a, that's a remedy for that. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at myself. I'm, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Okay. But I also think it's funny. I know it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Okay. It's just a fun world. Let's make this, let's make this life a comedy. It's not a tragedy. It's a comedy. It's all, it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Have you seen the footage of the moon landing? It's hilarious. Okay. So last medicine of, (laughs) of Angelica. Okay. Last story. My son. So we go back to a cold day in February and my wife goes into labor. And she's in labor for a long time, like almost three days, really long. And gosh, what a trooper. Unbelievable. Like this, this whole time, this whole labor story, was just out of this world. It was a, it was a miracle in so many ways, really. And we're at home and we're on the, we're on the bed, which is where we sleep on today. This is where my son was born. And finally happens. Like it's, it's, it's a miracle in so many ways. Really it is. I mean, just the whole process of childbirth. And I know that's the cliche thing to say, but in this particular labor, like his story, everything about it, it's a crazy miracle. And he comes out and he's got his, um, his umbilical cord wrapped around his head. Was it once or twice? I can't remember. And that was like the, that was the holdup. You know, he's like, I gotta take my time here. I don't know if I can, you know, just come out like I'm supposed to, because who knows what's going to happen if I do. So he was, you know, there's this beautiful intelligence and dance between the body, um, between both bodies, mother and child in this portal, um, this movement between the underground unseen realm and into the, the the realm of the breath. And uh, so here he, here he is. Um, I, I take him in my hands. I get to pull him, pull him out and give him to his mom, put her on his chest. It's a boy. And, uh, and the midwife that we were with, she administers immediately um, two full droppers of Angelica. To her, so that it would deliver the placenta, and that is, to me, like the the keystone of the world tree. If you have, um, if you can imagine your umbilical cord, your belly button, your navel, your um um, your you know the word umbilical means like womb, <laughs> means womb, means ohm. The word ohm is connected to womb. It means central. So we have our central access right there That that is like a, a, a stalk of a tree that rises up. And if we can imagine our umbilical cord attached to the placenta, just, you know, we're lying down and the placenta is just kind of floating in air above us it looks like a tree it looks just like a tree it looks like the world tree and uh so when angelica does in addition to stimulating the menstrual cycle and relieving cramping it also delivers the placenta and the placenta is the guardian angel that's what i think the placenta really is i think it's the guardian angel it's the organ that is with us the entire time that we're, you know, in that developmental, unseen realm, in the watery realm. It's giving us all of, a, all of our nutrition and all of our supplies. It's, our, it's got all this genetic makeup. And uh, it's beautiful to be able to honor that guardian angel and to connect with it. Now we got to do that with our, with our son's placenta. Um, but I didn't. And I know a lot of people didn't, you know, when I was born, I, who knows what happened? (laughs) I think they pulled my head out with some forceps and, um, you know, gloves and all, all that kind of lights and whatnot and, uh, beeping and cut, cut the cord and, who knows what they did to that organ. You know, they could have, there's all kinds of things that they, they do these things. You know, they take them for genetic material. They take them for stem cells. Maybe it's in the vault in the Vatican somewhere. I don't know. But, um, when I started working with Angelica, I did it under the pretense of connecting once again with my placental, um, guardian angel relationship, to honor it I'm just imagining now um, you know going going back and like digging up a spot in the ground in Tippecanoe County which is where I was born and putting it there and seeing a massive tree growing now this is my age it must, be, oh, it must be freaking huge <laughs> it's so old oh man so yeah it's our guardian angel that's what I really think the placenta is and I think and this was the 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 first dose of medicine that my son had from uh, you know from the time that he emerged where he's still his placenta is still inside mama and it's the last medicine that my wife had still with, you know, all of that together to connected as, you know, mother child connected together. So I think it's really beautiful. I think it really does bridge that bond between heaven and earth in our personal way, in our cosmic way, and calling in our angelic guardian as well, whatever that means to you. I think that's a really good way of working with with placenta. (laughs) (laughs) Work with the placenta, too, of course. I think it's really cool to work with the placenta, but with Angelica, which is much less rare. (laughs) (laughs) What does, Davide, what does mama say? Mama. Good job. What does daddy say? Daddy, daddy. (laughs) That's right. Cool. Yeah. I don't think I could think of anything else to talk about. Let's see. We talked about placenta. We talked about aliens. We talked about chemtrails. We talked about strengthening the heart, improving the pituitary, um, ending psychosis, snake bites and venom and the archetype of venom as well. the archetype of the, the, the lying snake, um, Talked about angels, what they are, messengers. Talked about the plague. Talked about Angelica as a bear root, um, bear medicine in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the other stuff that everyone, you know, always talks about with, with, uh, I just want to call this placenta now, <laughs> with Angelica, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, that is good for your digestion and whatnot blah 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 cool i think we got all the good stuff this was a good one i think i'll lead you out with some laughs. laughs